0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful week of Go Simca, the podcast. It is absolutely super duper exciting that we're kicking off season three, um, this time in video form. Um, You know, everyone's sitting around not really doing much, so you might as well sit and watch a nice video of me talking to some of my illustrious guests. Um, this week, we're taking a trip down to Florida to sit with a very cool guy who happens to travel around many different places, giving Shurim, singing songs, and just spreading the word of Torah to wherever he may go. Um, we're sitting down with Rabbi Ruvinu, who is not only a, a, a rabbi and a shliach down in Florida, but he is also the, the singer and writer and creator of Storm the World Project, and his, and his most recent single um, that just came out as well. So Rabbi, pleasure to sit down with you. I hope everything's doing wonderful out there in Florida. I'm here in Israel. We're still trying to open things up and catch up with the world, but pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Great to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you and your listeners. And this is one of the upsides of this whole Craziness is the technology is really a, a gift from from Hashem, enabling us to be able to communicate like this, and uh, you know to transcend the walls that would otherwise separate. We can now transcend that and communicate, and that's a great
0: great gift. Exactly. Now, is that is that the reason why you decided to name your latest single the gift?
1: Um, it was actually wow. it, it was actually released. It was released to you know coincide with what's going on. So really the, 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 the content of the song is appreciating every breath. and Everything that we have in life is a gift. And it's been sitting around for a while, but um, I decided to get back with Yossi Green and, excuse me, excuse me? You don't have to get your wipes out. This is the also the other upside of being virtual. You don't have to worry about putting on your mask.
0: I was going uh, to say, I was going to say I was going to put my mask on for this, but, you know, no need, unless, unless yeah, it travels um, through the... <laughs>
1: So it was a song that was written um, a while back, and, and we thought about putting it into the album. We decided to leave it out. When all of this um, broke, I thought that the, the, the message of the song is really, really appropriate for um, what's happening in the world today. Um, the fact that everything that we have is a gift and not to be taken for granted. And now that our lives have been turned upside down in the way that they have, I think people all over have a much greater appreciation for you know the things that we used to take for granted so the message of the song is definitely very very timely
0: no for sure so before we get into more about your music what's your what's your story overall like what's your what's your story how how'd you get involved in music how'd you become get involved in shloches what's your story because you have a very in, you know you have a very interesting combination there like you're 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 down in, in Florida. And you also travel around make, with your music, and I listen to some of your songs. I listen to a lot of your music. I went through your out like just to let, go through it just to hear your sound and I love it, and I have to say what i I find it very funny that the Lubavitchers are always good with the English songs. A lot of these other guys like i don 't know what it is the Lubavitchers are always good with the English songs, like it just sounds good and <laughs> i don't know i don't know, but what 's your story well um
1: in brief I grew up in Melbourne, Australia.
0: And never would have guessed.
1: In the land <laughs> down. <on that. clears throat> and um, I grew up in a very musical family. My mother is a professional singer and sings or sang before, you know, audiences, women only audiences. She toured extensively. Um and my grandparents were both very musical and had a great uncle. Name, he was probably the biggest childhood influence. I mean, musically, his name was Rabbi Shmuel Betzal Altois, and he recorded two albums at the behest of the Um, Mm Rebbe. Two albums that are Nigunim from Nikolaev, which is where he came from, and that was the city of the Rebbe's birthplace. The Rebbe's early years were spent in Nikolaev, and he had the most melodic, uh, not only voice but uh, ear. And, um, he was an amazing belt filler and he, we spent a lot of Shabbat together and he gave me a tremendous, um, appreciation for the flavor of music. So he's a very big influence. And, um, so I've been, you know, singing for as long as I can remember. My mother says that she could always tell what kind of mood I was in by whether I was singing or not. If I was singing... I was in a good mood, so I'd, I'd like to think mm-hmm. I spent most of my childhood singing, but um, <laughs> can't, I can't verify that, and um, I was I performed a lot in choirs in growing up as a, as a kid in Melbourne. As some of the highlights, there used to be a very big concert called the Australian Hasidic Song Festival, and I performed as a soloist there. I think I also performed once opening up for Mordecai and David, he came to um, Melbourne and uh, the choir uh, opened up for him. And uh, so that's sort of, if you want to talk about a musical career or performance that's started really when I was a child. And then when I was a teenager, I started writing my, my song writing um, career, if you will. Started in camps. Mm. Um, I sort of became the go-to guy. I, I ended up writing like color songs for both teams. <laughs> uh, so it's I amazing. couldn't lose. I couldn't lose either way. Um, so that's where the the flair for, you know, songwriting started. And, um, you know, music is just a very, very, occupies a very, very deep part of my soul. And, um, you know, when it does, anything that occupies a really deep part of your soul, you generally feel um, almost compelled to want to share or at least to express hopefully what you what you feel uh, you want to express is something that people um, want to have shared with them and and you have something that resonates with people. So that's sort of the genesis of, I guess, my uh, career in music.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So it's, it really came from, it really came from back when you were a child all the way up until now and has that tremendous influence on you um, to this day. That's really cool. And I can tell by by your songs that yeah, that you're a writer. I'm also a musician myself. I play five different instruments. I used to write music, but I don't have the time for it now. But I could tell by the I could tell by the compositions. I could tell by the songs that you wrote them yourself. That they're not they were not um, farmed out to somebody else to write them. And I could tell that they came straight from the heart. And yeah. I, I think that's very very amazing to that that type of talent um, to be able to write and continue to write. Um, it shows that spark of creativity within you. And like I said, like I was going through your, I I, I generally do this whenever we have, before we have a guest on the show, I go through, go through all their stuff just to have a listen again. If it's something I haven't heard in a while. And I really liked your sound. I found that your sound, like you had a number of, of a variety of different types of music on your, like on your, on your albums. And I think that's, kind of reflecting upon the theme of your site, your, the theme of you, who you are, storming the world, is that you had, stop me if I'm wrong, but like you had so many different sounds passing through there, it's kilu like you're storming the world, going through different places.
1: Well, I actually, I did not think of it that way, but I like your spin on it. Um, I think part of the different sounds of the music it owes itself to
0: collaborating with
1: different composers. Right. So, few of the songs written by Yossi Green. Mm-hmm. Some of them were written by uh, Hannah LaFellig, who has her own music uh, career. Mm-hmm. In
0: yeah, uh, she's my neighbor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So
1: the, the, this project really started as a collaboration with her, some of the original songs, and then it sort of evolved. And then um, about half the songs were written by Ben C. Marcus, who, of course, is a eighth day a uh, fame and who, who produced uh, the album. I mean, any artist tries to produce an album. When You have ten songs in an album. You know, every artist tries to mix it up a little bit. Different genres. Obviously, you have some are ballads and some are, you know, with with uh, more rhythmic. But you try to mix up, you know, the sound. It's I guess easier when you have different composers. Cause,
0: right. You know, it, it, it's funny that you said that Ben C had produced a bunch of the tracks. I can tell which ones were his because there's some of them have that sound that they have a very distinct sound to them. If they has a very distinct sound to them and yeah. it's kind of like folky, kind of like, it's a little bit like folky, poppy, but like, it's very, it's very distinctive. And I could tell which, which songs that they produced And It's, it's, it's cool. I have a very good ear for these things uh-huh. and um, it's cool, you know, but like, big adult what's what was storm the world what's the whole story behind storm the world
1: so the story is that i started writing i
0: started writing these songs without any
1: real goal or objective in terms of recording them and performing them they it started as purely a catharsis for myself um and it was shortly after the passing of the Rebbe, the Rebbe in 1994. And um, it was an extraordinarily painful and difficult time, not only for myself, obviously, but for Chisidim and for Jews, for the world Jewry. And, you know, one of the ways that I coped, if you will, a coping mechanism was to write, was to write songs. Um, some of those early songs are not part of the album. They're just way too raw. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just expressing the, the raw emotions of the moment. One of those songs made it into the album. That's um, The Last Time You Waved Goodbye. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballad written by Yossi Green. Um, <clears throat> so I just started to write it. And then once I started writing um, these very deep Deeply emotional songs, it started to evolve into more thematic songs. And before thematic meaning themes that are related either to Therabda's lifetime and life lessons we can learn from him or from his teachings. So before I knew it, I had six or seven or eight songs. And when I say songs, I'm really not really didn't write the music. Right. I did, you know, you can when you write lyrics as you know. Yeah. You have an idea of what you're structuring and what it's gonna sound like, and then you can sit and you can collaborate with a composer. Right. So to that extent, yeah, I I knew what I was looking for. But I had no commercial aspirations and um but you know, um soon enough I had seven or eight songs. And actually, um at the time I was living um in Miami. Across the street from Hanul Lefalik, mm-hmm. and was very friendly with her father, and um, I got to know her. She was an aspiring uh, composer, a singer, a songwriter, and so we started to. I said, "You know what? I've got, I've got these, I've got lyrics, and I've got ideas of songs. Sitting, maybe you want to take a look at it." So she actually wrote um, four or five, or maybe even six um, compositions, but then it still sat. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have the, uh, the wherewithal yet or the vision to really put it out there. Then, you know, I recorded it just a few, a few demos and started playing it for people. And everyone was like, you gotta get this out there. And so I had a vision. Okay. I I have to produce um, a CD, but the other challenges, first of all, I, I had about six or seven songs. I needed ten. But the biggest challenge was funding the project. Right. Uh, I'm a shliach and I spent a good part of my time fundraising just to cover the projects and the, op- the operating budget of Chabad. Um, going out there and raising more funds for an album was just very daunting for me for the longest time because covering the budget was enough of a a challenge. Right. Um, but then, <clears throat> I, and, and I'm, um, I have a lot of family ties with, um, with Ben C. Marcus and the Friedman family. And so I, we'd spoken about it over the years and, uh, you know, he was always felt like it, it should get out there, but you know, it just sort of festered. And then about five, must have been four, three, four years ago, <clears throat> I was at a wedding in LA Bensi was uh, was playing the wedding, and he said to me, "This movie, we gotta do this album. We gotta get it out there. We gotta we gotta do this." And we decided right then and there, that's it. I'm making the akhlota, I'm making the resolution. It's a wedding I wasn't supposed to be at. Mm. I was stuck in Australia. Long story. It was just total hashgufa prudis, divine providence. I ended up at this wedding, and said, "Okay, that's it." And then, literally, over the next year and a half. I went around raising sponsorships, getting each song sponsored by another person and another dedication. Um, you know, and that was a very challenging and tedious process, but thank God I was able to find um, enough people to to sponsor the album. That's amazing. And, you know, a bunch of trips out to LA and, uh, you know, recording and, produ- and producing with, uh, with Bensi. And uh, that's how, uh,
0: that's how the album, you know, came to be. So you truly stormed the world there. Like you truly <laughs> stormed the world.
1: <laughs> the, 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 the 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 title "Storm the World" is based on a catchphrase that the rebel would often say. Right. Stood him. I mean, when the rebel was launching something or well, whatever, wanted yep. to get everybody galvanized. So it's got to be. You got to storm the world. You know, you can't be passive. You, know, you, you have to. have it.
0: Yeah. You, you have gotta, to go you have to have Brent. You have to have you have to right. go with it. And yeah, no. Like full system, you gotta go
1: out there. We got we got a message and we gotta bring it. We gotta store the we gotta shake up the world. So um that's where the title of the album uh, came from. And then out of that, um I started to perform um all over the country, all of in Australia, all in in, in many different places um where typically it was hosted by a local chabad who would host an evening a musical tribute uh to the life and teachings of the Rebbe. And so um thank nice. you know for many cities by now.
0: So I was gonna ask you, how did that how did all this like <clears throat> I guess your musical career and like traveling around and performing, how did that affect you your your duties as the as the down there? like how (laughs) it's challenging and travel
1: is uh is not as glamorous as it seems not glamorous at all it's uh it's 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 difficult Uh, so i I cut back i used to travel i used to make myself available for weekends where i'd speak on shabbos friday night shabbos and then do a concert saturday night once the shabbos i cut that out because that was i need to be here Shabbos servicing my community I and I can leave maybe a few Shabbos in a year that ends up happening anyway between the family, Simcha, to cut back on that um, otherwise I try to, you know, like everybody else, try to create tours um, and a lot of those tours, because these because the, the evening is centered around the life of the Rabbah um, so there's, there's, it's like seasonal and, and the right. heavy season for that is early summer, around yep. the Rabbah's Gimel Tammuz. Uh, before Adolf Nissen and also huge in the winter season, right. so I try to make basically three uh, three tours a year and pack in as many cynics as, as, as possible
0: right how when when, when, you're, when you started becoming more out there in the music scene how how receptive was your community about that? Did they know about this did your Did your congregants know that you were this hidden music star <laughs> <laughs> um you know, m- music and me have never
1: been very hidden. I mean, first of all, <laughs> obviously I daven a lot. Um, <clears throat> singing has always been a very big part of um, my shlichus, whether it's around the Shabbos table or whether it's at Hanukkah events and so on. So, um, you know, that's, that's never been a hidden part of myself. It's been a very frontal part of myself. Obviously there... You know, they're excited that, you know, their rabbi travels and is uh, recording an album. And that's, uh, you know, if it, if, it, if it helps the organization, then, you know, so be
0: it. Right. Oh, that's great. Now, who are, some of the, who are some of the most notable people you've performed with and some of the most notable experiences you've had throughout this journey?
1: Well, <laughs> talking about, you know, myself and music and here as uh, my Chavat organization, um, sort of dovetails with the answer to the question you've you, you just put forward. <laughs> Who are the most notable people that I've uh, performed with? I, I've had Baruch Hashem, this to perform with what I call you know the big three, <laughs> um, you know MBD and and Yaakov Schwecki and Avram Fried. Um, all of them I, I I performed with MBD and um, and Avram Fried before. Um, on other occasions in uh, New York, um, but I brought each one of them to do a concert for al chabad here, um, not far from al chabatdos it 's a beautiful world class amphitheater, amazing um, venue and uh, so I always dreamt of bringing you know these performers and uh, These are big, big events and big you know big undertakings, but they were just incredible and um so yeah so i had the,
0: the opportunity to perform with all of them that's so cool the big three i like that i like that the big three You
1: <laughs> don't want to tell that to benny friedman and Mordechai shapiro but uh, eh. they've got seniority on them
0: yeah uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah 100 percent. i had often freed on my show he was fun he, he him and i had a blast together but um so what are what you, you try you said you traveled around to different cities what were some of the most notable locations you've been to and what were the reactions of people when you start? because you're because you said your music is very themed and centered around the life and teachings of the Rebbe, yeah. and it it's it's amazing it, it's good that you can infuse that you can infuse that those taras those amazing taras into your music so yeah. what so when you travel these cities what was one of the mo- more interesting places you ever been to
1: um, you know, I've been to places large and small. Um, I'll just I'll just think to my last my last tour. Um, I did a concert in uh, Sacramento, California, and um, th- it was actually a, a, um, a combination of a bunch of Chabad houses. I think like ten Chabad houses in uh, in Sacramento around the northern California area. And um, it was a beautiful, beautiful event. They actually live streamed it um, on uh, on Facebook Live, which he told me after the fact. That's that's <laughs> that's um, What was incredible was that you had people from about five or well, maybe even ten communities there, and uh, before the before the concert started, um, representatives of each community got up and spoke, and um, just the the, the, the about their connection to Chabad and to the Rebbe. And there were just some beautiful, beautiful stories. One, a Reform rabbi got up, former Reform rabbi, who was a Reform rabbi of a large congregation in Northern California. Today, he's a full-fledged, you know, Chabadnik. And um, it was just a, a beautiful to see that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I'll tell you this. I mean, I've been to places uh, from the most unique places. I mean, the place like Santa Fe, New Mexico is a very different and uh, unique uh kind of place but I'll tell you there's one of the songs is called Reminded and it's about the, the mitzvah campaigns and how one mitzvah can have a transformative effect on a person's life right it's being stopped on the street and wrapped and with tefillin and yeah. that can be a life changing event in three different cities I remember that one was Teaneck one was um, in, in Brooklyn Heights and in the third place I can't remember right now in three different cities <clears throat> Somebody came up to me after the concert and said, You know this you know the, that, that song reminded about the transformative effect of one mitzvah? It's said me, that's my story. And each one wow. of them told me how they were walking the streets of New York City and were brought onto a mitzvah tank and put on film for the first time either in their lives or many years. Wow. And how they completely changed the direction of their life. Two of them are the presidents of their chabads now. And and so uh, that was incredible to hear wow. that, and I, you know, and I realized, and they realized, and said, you know, little does the guy know, which led me onto the mitzvah tank. Right. How life changing and transformative that one
0: uh, mitzvah was. Well, well, that that <clears throat> mitzvahs, it's a lot mitzvahs, It's a lot like music. Like music has that power to have tremendous hashba in people, and it can really, it can really take you from one place and elevate you to the next. And the yeah. fact that your, your music, like I said before, is combined with these teachings and these Torahs, it really helps take it to the next level, and it can really, it can really define what's going on. And I always, I always found that very interesting. I, that's why I always like the, the Tars, is Taras, because you, you it's always defining the situation of what's going on, no matter what's, what's going on in the world. And,
1: well, music also gives people the, the, the space to be able to see themselves in a story. Right. Because as the Altidabha said, music is the pen of the soul. So if music is yes. touching somebody, you know, the pores of the Neshama are opening up and, and they see themselves in that story. And I can see, you know, you can see the reactions of crowds when you're singing a certain song or sharing a certain story. And then the feedback that you get, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very humbling to be, you know, able yeah. to share something that resonates with people in such a deep
0: way. No, for sure. And that's why that's why music is like super powerful. And when you when you infuse music <clears throat> with the right with the right things, it can really it can really be a spark that elevates to the, ne- to the next level. And that's yeah. always my that's always my 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 question I ask. I ask people on the show is with Jewish music nowadays, what do you think of Jewish music nowadays where they're injecting all these different outside sources and other things like that into <laughs> the music? I get yeah. a lot of interesting responses. So I figured I'd ask you.
1: Um, Jewish music has always been um, influenced by the the contemporary sound that surrounds it. Um, so right. if you think of, you know, if you think of Nigunim, of Chassidosh Nigunim, you know, there is a certain flavor of Russian Chassidosh Nigunim, there's a flavor of Polish, Hungarian, right, Romanian, Lithuanian, um, we are not, we're not immune to um, the society and the culture um, that surrounds us. It's right. so all a question of how, uh, how it's co-opted um, and how it's channeled and, and how it's utilized. And, um, you know, I, we, every artist has to ask himself, okay, where do I want this song to take the listener I, and and if, if I'm just, if, all, if my objective is just to get millions of, you know, views on YouTube, which, you know, I we you get that. But just to create something that's, you know, going to be a commercial hit, I mean, that's not the objective of Jewish music. The objective right. of Jewish music is to move a person, open up a person's neshama and take them to, to you know, a higher, purer, more transcendent place and i I think if an artist is honest in asking himself before he produces a song if that's his stated goal that's his stated objective then i think it'll come through in uh in the sound and the uh production of the song but the reality is that because you know if you want a song to be heard and to be listened to especially by the youth you know the sound to some extent has to be a sound that they're used to hearing otherwise they're just going to tune out. So the challenge is always to balance you know the integrity of what you want to express right packaged in a way that's going to be palatable to the listener.
0: No, oh, well said. It's it's funny because la, uh, my guest last week said said something very similar and it's true. Music we our music has not, it, it's not our music isn't really a Kiddush. We've always had it from from different cultures, from different from different different places. It's just a matter of what we're injecting into that music, as he put it last week. You know, the Nagun the the their their marches and waltzes from from the old country. The rebbe is injecting his kedusha into into that and, and his gavanas into that music, and that's what makes it that's what makes it Jewish.
1: I think <clears throat> I think probably the best answer to this question is the answer that the Rebbe gave to Yossi Pimenta when mm. he became a Balchuva and, you know, all he knew was, I mean, his his career was rock music and he's is, he is this, you know, amazing rock guitarist and he was at a crossroads. He didn't know what he should do with his career musically, knowing that his genre was not exactly, uh, you know, Jewish. And the Rebbe told him that he he needs to he needs to channel that genre of music, of rock and roll, and like you said, and infuse it with Kedusha, utilize it as a vehicle to spread a holy and positive message. And the devil said, particularly because the sound of his music is what youth are listening to. So we don't want to, we don't want to bury the electric guitar. We want to take it and we want to utilize it now as a vehicle for Kedusha. So I always say, Yossi Piamanto is the one who brought the electric guitar to Jewish music. Until Yossi Piamanto, all you heard was basically trumpets, horns, mm-hmm. a little bit of keyboard. You did not hear the electric guitar. Right. Yossi Piamanto brought the rock sound to, if you will. Um, but if you listen to Piamento's music, yes, uh, it's, it's soulful and it's powerful and it's evocative. Mm-hmm. So he really... He really lived up to, and I heard him play live in front of the Rebbe, by the way. There was a few wow. occasions in Mishra Brokha. The Rebbe was distrib- used to distribute wine after uh, Yomteh for many hours, and we would stand there for many hours at the bleachers and sing. On a couple of those occasions, Yossi Piamento was playing right there with his electric guitar. And he wasn't overpowering, but he was playing. So wow. he, used to he used to advertise in one of his uh, ads. We played for the Rebbe, we could play for you too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he played a lot of parades and so on. So I would say the Rebbe, as always, had a very progressive and inclusive worldview and didn't look to destroy what's out there, but to harness it and utilize it for Kedusha and for holiness.
0: That's great. What you said about, about Pimenta and how he, how he was at like the crossroads with his music. It reminds me when I had um, Tali yes on my show, Mo, the late Moshe, yes, uh, Moshe S's son. And he said that his father in one of Moshi songs, he makes a joke about that. Um, he says in one of his songs, you know, like my music can't, it, it, my music can't, can be kosher. What do you mean? And he said, like, yeah, of course your music can be kosher. You just have to, you just have to do it right. You have to. Yeah. And right. So
1: he brought, you know, he brought a, a, he brought the folk sound of, of you know, the '60s and the '70s into Jewish music, and you know, Pia brought the, the rock sound.
0: Right. Everybody brings their own unique sound and ability to the table, and it kind of and, and and it kind of evolves into what we have today. And and it's funny, people probably don't realize it as much that these people were the pioneers of all this. And we just kind of take it for granted. But, you know. Well, he, <clears throat> I would say Pimenta took it to another level.
1: I would say the most, in my opinion, uh, in my lifetime, the most transitional, most transitional pioneer, I would say, was Mordechai ibn David. Because up until him, you had Shalem kalbach and the Rabbi's sons. And, you know, they right. were all singing very, very much, very, you know, traditional yeah. um, sounding music m b d was the first one to co opt in the seventies his first album like he name I'd rather pray and sing I mean, he was already starting to incorporate more of the contemporary um sound yeah. and then yeah i think you know p m m took it like to the next level
0: that's really cool that is really really cool well what 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 else does the future hold for rabbi ruby what do we what do we got in the works
1: so um what I'd really like to do uh, musically at this point is I would like to uh, record an album in Hebrew and um, work with Israeli composers to create an album that is message oriented, like, like the first album, Storm the World. Um, Same thing in the sense of, I'm not, my goal as a quote unquote musician is not so much, career oriented as much as it is part of my shlifas which is to um to be a purveyor of the message i just happen to think that um music is a very powerful vehicle right. to you know convey this message so what i'd really like to do is to collaborate with some israeli artists and create an, uh, an album in hebrew um and um i i, I hope to come to israel um, and perform and build up some sort of uh, base of, uh, of recognition. And I've reached out to, you know, a couple of names in Israeli music scene, um, to talk a little bit about the vision for an album. And then, you know, which I held off doing for the same reason I, I protracted, I procrastinated so long on my first album, which is the funding. Um, right. But, you know, after a while you start to get the itch. And, and it's hard to it's hard to hold back and um, I think the I think that the kind of album that I put out on the world that type of messaging I don't think is I'm uh, not, not hearing that in Israeli music um, so much but I am I'm, I'm hearing a lot in Israeli music there's a whole new level of depth um, emerging out of the likes of Isha Ribo and, and all these amazing lyrics mm-hmm. and uh, conveying subtle uh, messaging, what he calls an amazing composer. Um, uh, what's his name from? uh, uh from uh, the Boston Oh band.
0: yeah, Shuli Rand.
1: Rand, amazing. I mean, I I, I mean, So, I think these these guys have all brought a whole other layer of um, depth. The music is 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 not so pop as it is very conveying very very method oriented is a phenomenon that is uh, you're living in Israel as you know but he's also incredibly popular here in the states so I would like to uh, I'd like to produce an album that uh, in Hebrew that is more um, The sound is also more um, conducive for an Israeli listening
0: right, right
1: and then maybe do an English version of the same album at the same time and just do the lyrics in both uh Hebrew and English but um that's uh that's my goal that's my dream that's my uh vision for the future
0: that's, that's really goal. cool that's really cool you know I mentioned to you before I find it I find it very interesting that the Lubavitchers have a way with the the multi-ling, multilingual music is it is it a thing like because I notice your English songs they sound good they don't sound like you know cheesy and put together you know what I mean? you know what I mean like sometimes English songs and He and Hebrew songs not done done properly sound like very like cheesy, but is it me or is it is it a Chabad thing?
1: I don't know. If I, I just I'd say this. I'd say this that Chabad Hasidus has tremendous depth and it's very rich, as is the rabbi's lifetime. So if you're if you are creating lyrics that are based on Ideas that are in Chabad Hasidus and ideas that relate to the Rebbe's lifetime. So you're already starting with something very meaningful, something deep and rich. It's just a matter of being able to express it. But the taycham is already there. It's just a matter of how you're packaging.
0: Right. You know right. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, Rabbi New, Rabbi Ruvie, um, it was a pleasure having you on my show. I got to learn a lot about you and i got to see more in depth uh, about your music and and insight to it and i think it was really cool and i wish you tremendous and everything you're doing both on your sluchas and in your musical career because it seems like you're doing pretty well with both of those i mean how long you've been on sluchas uh,
1: i've been on sluchas 30 years
0: oh wow so you started when i was born can i know just, just well, getting going you
1: know i think and by the time this is all over, we're gonna be talking about uh you know, PC and AC before BC, I was like before Corona and A C after Corona, so <laughs> a whole new a whole new world. A whole new world. Very right, very open to different ways of thinking and, and, and doing stuff. So I would say it, in many respects we're just we're just starting over.
0: Right, it must be crazy though, like to to be someone who has a shul, to has a congregation, and to just tell people, no, you can't come to shul. Like, it might, like it must be just like, it must be like absolutely insane.
1: You know, the, the, I was you know, from the last ones to to you know pull the trigger on closing the shul and and uh, to make that announcement was just surreal, just surreal. You know, I think it's like the first time in Jewish history, I think that schools across the world are closed, that it's not, it's not because we are living under some tyrannical regime that is forcing it. Um, the whole thing's pretty surreal. But the way I told people is we're just having a temporary closure right now. We're just going to find different ways to connect. And um, so, yeah, on the one hand, it's been very difficult in terms of not having davening Mignon, and so on. On the other hand, I've seen a tremendous uptick in people participating in, in shiurim and classes. I give a class every morning, for example, on uh, on Facebook as an average viewership of over a thousand people. Wow. Every, every single day. And um, that's, so that just is indicative of the fact that people are um, definitely looking to connect more spiritually right now. So we have to utilize this time to the max. This is Hashem's will for right now. So... This is the way it's supposed to be. The way it is right. today is the way it's supposed to be. This is what Hashem wants. Right. And we have to make the most out of, you know, the deck that we've been handed.
0: Yeah, makes sense, and it it makes it makes a lot of sense, and especially you know, it's a good time to like. I think it was a very smart idea to put out your album now, to get people to connect on that level as well.
1: Yeah, it's the single definitely, and I, the response has been tremendous. and um, people really feel that the message of seeing everything in life as a gift from Hashem, not to be taken for granted, is resonating now and on a whole different level.
0: Truly, truly amazing. Well, this was a true gift to have you on my show. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to hearing wonderful things from you um, in the future. And please, God, if you're ever in Israel, don't be shy to look me up. You're more than welcome to come down and hang out with us here. And um, I'd, love to, I'd love to even come out to one of your shows. I shall
1: Mitzvah Shem, and I want to thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to uh for bring with you a little bit. Awesome. It's been a great pleasure. My pleasure. And, and we shall be in touch
0: with Hashem. if you would have told me we we're gonna have a, we we're gonna for bring, I would have brought my bottles of mashka over here. I usually what? have I, I usually have a bottle of tequila sitting on my desk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually I do tell people there's one thing that you cannot do virtually and that's for bring. bring you is still gonna have a little bit of mashka, but exactly. uh, <laughs>
0: You can, you can you can clink the glasses against the screen against the camera and make lechem al tazay. You know, like what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. You know, I'm gonna go make lechem after this. After we get out, after we finish the episode, I'm gonna and go, go make Nine fifteen. It, listen, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is great. I really, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I wish you tremendous well, Just listen to up another, up another wonderful episode. In of Go Simcha the out here. For more news, really updates, and information That's on it. our next episode, like don't us on out. Facebook. Okay. Follow us on Instagram at Go Simcha Live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zaradio.com Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha.